Hello, and welcome to another episode of Music and Vibes. I'm your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. How are you today? I hope that your week was as amazing as you are. Now, I really had a lot of fun hanging out with you last week. It was the highlight of my week. But then again, anytime I get to talk with you guys, it's just awesome. I was looking at the calendar this week, and it truly blows my mind that we are already in the month of November. Like, Thanksgiving is just a week away, and Christmas is in only 42 days. Okay, I know you want to know why in the world do I know Christmas is only 42 days away. But while we're talking about Christmas, let me just say, the reason I know Christmas is just 42 days away is because every single time I walk into Walmart, okay, yeah, that is my favorite store, just don't tell a lot of people, but I love Walmart because it's like you can go in and you can buy things for your house, you can get food, you can buy shoes, anything you need, you can find it in Walmart. And since I'm always busy, it's just great for me to go to one place and pick everything out that I need. So yeah, I'm a Walmart fan. I absolutely love that store. But I must say, I think this year Walmart is going overboard with their Christmas marketing strategy. Okay, here's what blows my mind. October 31st, I went into Walmart, I got some stuff. The store looked like a regular store. Yeah, they had things up for Halloween, but you can expect that because it was around Halloween and on October 31st, it was Halloween. So, of course, it just makes sense for them to have the pumpkins and the candy and the costumes and all this stuff out and about. So, that is expected. However, I went to the store the next day, which was November 1st, and I was so confused and I was so disoriented. Because the whole store just looked like Christmas overnight. Like I was in that same store the day before. It was completely Halloween stuff, fall things expected. I went in November 1st and it was nothing but Christmas. You know, how it was so bad until you walk in, there's Christmas trees, Christmas decorations in the store. Even the cashiers had Christmas hats on. Like seriously, they had Christmas Santa hats on. They had reindeer um, headbands, and I'm just standing there confused, like, is this November, or did I somehow sleep for a month, or I missed some time in between, and we're magically into December, yeah, I was slightly confused, and my daughters, they were like, why are they celebrating Christmas already, and my daughter Megan, she was like, Thanksgiving hasn't even gone by yet, and I was like, yes, I know, so, that is what has happened. Now, maybe it's not that bad where you are. I don't know where you're living or anything, but I do know that, and I can't even say all Alabama, but here in Madison, Alabama, if you go into any store, you would think it's Christmas. Like, I even went to Burlington Co. Factory. They had Christmas stuff all out, and Kroger, oh my, they even have Christmas things. They have Christmas trees. It is amazing. It is like we completely skipped Thanksgiving and went straight to Christmas. And maybe I'm just one of those old-fashioned people. I kind of want to, like, deal with one holiday at a time, you know? I don't want to have to deal with Christmas right now because with Christmas, you buy gifts. And I like buying gifts, but it's just, like, the time and the effort it takes to do all that. You get your Christmas tree up. You have to do so much stuff. You You have to wrap the gifts and try to get what your kids want and what you think people want. It's a lot of work. So, yeah, I like Christmas, but let's just say it's a lot of work. So, I prefer to ease into Christmas. And I know you're wondering, how do I ease into Christmas? Well, I ease into Christmas by doing Thanksgiving. 
So for me, Thanksgiving is my way of easing into the holiday season because, you know, you have this nice, for me, Thanksgiving is like a nice, calm holiday. You cook, you spend time with family and friends, but it's not really stressful. You don't have to worry about buying anything. You don't really have to worry about doing anything except cooking. And I like that. So once I get prepared and I get ready for my Thanksgiving and we do that, then I somehow get a second win and I'm all of a sudden ready to go get a Christmas tree and I'm ready to put it up and decorate it and buy Christmas gifts. Okay. Well, I have to admit, I have started buying Christmas gifts already just because I don't want to be rushed at the last minute, but it was my choice and I don't want to feel like I'm forced into buying gifts because the store looks like Christmas already. But you know, it's like, it's a breather. Thanksgiving is a breather. So I have my breather, then I can go ahead and do Christmas and I don't have to feel stressed or anything. I can do that. And then, you know, that's like the highlight of everyone's holiday season. And then we wind down with New Year's and then, you know, we go back to regular life. Which is fine with me. But I can't just go from Halloween to Christmas. Like, I need to have that break in between. I was stressed out just seeing all that Christmas stuff. I was like, oh my goodness, can we stop? (laughs) Can you put the Christmas away? And it kind of ruined the mood for me. And I was like, don't force me to buy stuff now. I want to wait until Thanksgiving is over. And then we can do our sales and do all the other stuff. So yes... I have to say the marketing strategy this year for Christmas has completely thrown me for a loop. And I it has stressed me out. But I am going to say I understand why they're doing it. I don't like it. But I understand why the stores are doing this. And they're doing this so that people will buy things. And I have to say their marketing strategy has worked to me. All right, not a lot, but a little bit. I would be lying if I didn't say it, worked, it hasn't worked to me just a little bit. Because, you know, when you go in the store, you start to see all the toys and stuff. And my kids, they've already looked at all the stuff they want. And they've, yeah, they write a list for me every single year. So they already have their list. And, of course, they know you may or you may not get some of the stuff on your list. It just depends. So they wrote their list. And so I've already gone through their list. And I've gotten the majority of the things they want. And... I only have like two or three other things to get each of them. But listen, this is why I do that. It is easier for me to get my kids gifts out of the way. And then I can get gifts for everybody else. And which makes it so much easier. Because then I don't have to worry about my kids changing their mind one day. Oh, I want that. Or, oh, I don't want that this time. So I've already told them, listen. I give them a chance to have like a final draft of their Christmas list. And I was just like, okay, so... Are you sure this is all the stuff you want? Because once I start buying things, I'm not taking it back. So they're like, yeah, yeah. So I've got their stuff done. But I have to say, I probably wouldn't have been so enthusiastic or gotten myself into shopping for their Christmas gifts as early if it had not been for the store just going completely Christmas on me before Thanksgiving. So I see their point of view. I see the pros of it. They want people to buy. I get it. And it's even worked on me. But please... I would really like to have Thanksgiving back. So that is just my little pet peeve. Like I want Thanksgiving back. I want it to be the time where they have like the cranberry sauce out. And I don't want it to be overshadowed by Christmas. I want Thanksgiving to be like front and center of that holiday that gears me up to go straight into Christmas. So that is what I have to say about that. But let me ask you, I mean, does it bother you at that much? Or do you think this is an awesome marketing strategy because I do think it's awesome it just bugs me that we are into Christmas and Thanksgiving hasn't even happened 
So give me your thoughts on that. I would love to know what you think about that. So I guess the question is, do you think that the marketing strategy for this year for Christmas is a little bit excessive? Or do you agree with the marketing strategy and you understand or you are fine with Christmas happening now when we haven't gone through Thanksgiving? I would just love to hear what you think about this. So go to Music and Vibes Facebook page and tell me, what do you think about this year's marketing strategy for Christmas? I would love to hear your thoughts on this topic because I know I've spoken to a lot of people. And you know, it's weird. I just talk to people. So I've talked to people in stores. I haven't talked to my kids' principal. I've talked to... um some friends about this. I'm like, hey, what do you think about this? And some people are like, Yana, we're with you. It really bugs us that we are celebrating Christmas right now. We haven't gone through Thanksgiving. Other people are like, well, you know, it's cool. I'm getting some deals and doing this, whatever. So, I mean, what do you think about this? I would love to hear your thoughts on this topic. So, just go to Music Advice Facebook page and let me know. Do you think it's excessive that we are celebrating Christmas right now and we haven't gotten past Thanksgiving or are you fine with that marketing strategy and all is well or are you in that percentage that's like Kiana I really don't care either way (laughs) any any way you vote I would love to hear from you so I'm looking forward to hear what you have to say about this and I can't wait to hear from you about the topic of turning toward your spouse. Now, I know this is not our usual topic of discussion, but I just feel it's important to talk about this topic. Some time ago, in the podcast episode, The Blue Song, I confided to you that when I am sad or stressed, I do not like to talk about it, and that for me, I would prefer to be left alone to process my thoughts and my emotions. Now, this works really well for me, and I can usually come up with a solution to my problems. Even now, when I am frustrated or upset, I would just leave that environment so that I can think and process my emotions. I go away from that environment. So, I have always done this, which is weird, but I've always done this and it's always worked well for me. But in the past, I have noticed that this coping skill or this coping mechanism is not working well for me at all. And... I had to think about why this was not working. Now, if I could just be completely honest with you, I'm just going to tell you, I do not like to deal with stress. I don't deal with stress well. Now, people who may know me, they may think like, what? Kiana doesn't deal with stress well? Because it seems like I do. It seems like I can handle stress. It seems like I can deal with it. But to be honest, I don't deal with stress well. And I don't really like to argue. Even though I will stand my ground and I'll say my point and tell you what I think. But this is, I don't like to do it. It stresses me out. So what I tend to do is like, if there is a situation where I feel like it's going to be a confrontational thing, it's like I can handle confrontation and I build myself up to it and I'll deal with it. But it's not something I like to do on a regular basis. Or if it's something where I have to disappoint someone or cancel something, I'll try my best to avoid doing it because I just don't like stress and anxiety of having to be the bearer of bad news or arguing with someone or anything like that. So there are times when my husband and I really need to have conversations that may be stressful but they need to be had 
and I will not want to have them. So what I will do is if there's something that comes up or an issue that needs to be discussed, instead of discussing it, I will just walk away. I'll just be like, well, I'm going to the store. I'm going here. And it's like, you can tell I'm frustrated. You can tell I'm upset, but I'm not going to talk about it. I'll just say, I'm going to the store. I'm going to go here. And I'll go. And of course, I do pray while I'm driving wherever I'm going. And sometimes I do go to the store and I pray and I think and I talk to God. And if I don't go to the store, I'll just drive around. But I'll still do the same thing. I'll talk to God and I will think about things. And then usually when I come back, after talking to God and thinking about things, I have like a better understanding. It's more rational way of thinking. And it's like my perception is different. So it works. But the thing is, even after I come back and my perception is different, I very rarely ever talk about it with my husband. So he, all he ever sees is me like, okay, well, I'm just going to go to the store. I'm just going to do this. So then I'll just walk away. I'll go to the store, whatever. I'll leave and then I'll come back and I will never discuss the thing that made me upset. And so I know this has to be frustrating for him because that's not how he is. He would prefer to discuss things that are frustrating him. Now, he's not going to do it immediately, but he gets to it and he wants to talk about things. And so he'll want to talk about it. And then I won't want to talk about it because it makes me uncomfortable. I don't like stressful situations. And so I would try to avoid it. So for a while, I couldn't understand why my husband would be upset when I say, well, I'm going to go to the store. He's like, well, I know you're mad. I'm just like, well, I'm just going to go pray about it. He's like, well, we should talk. I'm like, nope, just going to pray about it. And I couldn't figure out for the longest why he would be upset. Because, you know, I was thinking... Well, I don't know what the problem is because I am going to pray and I'm going to think and I'm not fussing with you. I'm not arguing with you. So you should be on board with leaving, letting, leaving me alone. Let me have my space and come back and we don't even have to talk about it. But he would be frustrated about it because he wanted to talk and discuss and come to a resolution. And I, on the other hand, didn't want to because it made me uncomfortable and I don't like those type of situations. And so I couldn't understand why he would be upset about me not wanting to sit and talk to him about these things. And it wasn't until recently that I began to understand why he was getting frustrated and annoyed when I left the house to think or pray. Now, as some of you may already know, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know from listening to previous podcasts, and I think especially in the episode um, called I Love You, that I am a self-help junkie. So, I read tons and tons of self-help books, as you can probably guess. I love love, so I read a lot of books about love and relationships and marriage. And once you ask, if anyone asks me why I do this, I think the reason I do this is because I grew up in a single parent home, like so many of you have. And so I did not get to see um, what it what a good relationship was. So I didn't have the chance to have that model of what a good relationship would be. I was really blessed to be raised by a strong mom who raised three strong young women and we learned a lot from her. And we learned a lot about being independent and going after our dreams. But I did not learn a lot about how to have a successful relationship or even a successful marriage for that matter. And I really didn't have anyone to model it after because most of the people, most of my aunts, they're divorced. Um, I had one aunt who was married for a long time and she was married. Yeah, she was married for almost um, 
25 years. So yeah, I had one aunt, but I didn't live close to her or anything. We lived in South Carolina at the time and my family was in New Jersey. So I really didn't see a good marriage model for me. So when I got married, I didn't want to um, do the divorce thing. I wanted to be married for life. You know, I wanted my kids to be in that home with mom and dad. So when I first got married, I read a whole bunch of books about marriage. And it's funny because even before I got married, I would read books about marriage and relationships. However, reading books, it can prepare you for some things. But I don't think that even though I read about marriage ahead of time, that it prepared me for being married. So I had to learn once I got married what it meant and what it was like to be married. So what I did was I would read a lot of books and I still read a lot of books. Of course, I'm wiser now. I know that um, you can take some of the things from the books, but that you also have to change who you, not who you are, but your perspective on things. So that is what I've come to learn. So I still read books and I was recently reading this amazing book called Seven Principles for Making a Marriage Work. And it's written by this guy named Dr. John M. Gottman. Now, this book is amazing. It's an awesome read because Dr. Gottman is able to predict with 91% accuracy, which is huge. Whether your marriage is going to be successful or whether your marriage will fail. And in this book, he talks about all the studies because he does a lot of studies on relationships. And he talks about his observations of couples in his love lab. He really has one where he has couples come and he observed them so they can study them and see where they are seven years from now. But he does that. So that is why he's able to have a good prediction rate and predict with 91% accuracy whether a marriage will succeed or fail. In this book, he talks about the studies, like I told you, but the great thing that he does, he doesn't just tell you, well, if you're not doing this, your marriage is bound for failure, or if you're not doing this, you'll never succeed. He does something better than that. He tells you what traits and characteristics in a marriage will help it succeed and what traits and characteristics will help it fail. Then he has little quizzes about your marriage that you take, like little surveys in between the chapters, and it's like, well... Do you do this? Do you and your spouse do this? And as you mark it, he tells you how to grade it. And if you have like, I think it's nine or 10 or higher, you're doing good. If it's five or six, you could use some work. And if it's lower than that, you really need to work on some things. But each um, quiz has a different scale. So that's pretty much how he does it. So once he gets where you are, he gives you practical advice on, from his observations on how to fix these things. So it's not one of those things where he's like, oh, well, you scored a two, so your marriage is bound for, for failure. No, he gives the information that he's learned from all these years to us, and he tells you what to do to make your marriage better. So that is why I love this book. Now, one chapter in particular really piqued my interest, and motivated the conversation that we are having today. The chapter was called How to Turn Your Spouse to You Instead of Turning Your Spouse Away From You. And after reading this chapter, I began to realize and understand the reason that my husband was getting frustrated with me when I left the house after having a disagreement or refusing to talk about certain things. 
I realized that the reason he was getting frustrated was because I was actually turning away from him. So when I was frustrated and I was angry or whatever, I didn't share that with him. And he needed me to share that with him. And we could talk about it and work things out like that. Instead of me just turning away and be like, nope, dealing with it on my own. I got this. Because in a way, I'm kind of shutting him out. And I never saw it like that before, nor did I realize that until after I read that book. And this chapter was very insightful to me because I've been doing it for years and I never realized it. And I began to understand what was going on. Now, I have come to realize that over the years that arguing or talking about unpleasant topics or issues, it really stresses me out, just like I told you. And it makes me feel uncomfortable. So what do I do in order to avoid these uncomfortable feelings? I will walk away or just disengage from the situation, which I mean, it's okay if you are. It's not okay either way you look at it because you do need to be able to talk and communicate your feelings and thoughts and resolve things in a positive way. So it's not good at all. Not even in your work relationships or anything. It's just not a good thing. And in a marriage, this is really not good. And it's not healthy to do because nothing ever gets resolved. Why doesn't things get resolved? Yes, because you never talk about it or have those difficult conversations with your spouse. And to be honest... I'm just going to tell you, having difficult conversations sometimes with your spouse or significant others is a must. No, we don't want to do it. And believe me, I don't want to do it. But it's something that we have to do in order to come to resolutions. Now, if you are like me, then you have probably done a lot of things that made you feel uncomfortable. But what did I do? I did them anyway. Like for instance, all right, just between us. It kind of makes me feel uncomfortable when I sing in public or sing solos. But do I do it? Yes, I do it. Why do I do it? Because you may feel uncomfortable at first, like when you first start. But then the more you do it, it's less uncomfortable and you feel more comfortable doing it. Why? Because you're familiar with doing it. Another thing that made me feel uncomfortable was when I first started my podcast and I heard my voice on the mic for the first time talking. Yes. I felt very uncomfortable, but I've been doing it for a while and now it's not even a problem. I can talk to you without even feeling any kind of uncomfortability, without feeling uncomfortable because this is just what I've been doing and I've done it for a while and I'm used to it. So just because you are uncomfortable does not mean that it gives you a pass not to do something. It usually just means that we either have never done it or that we don't have practice doing something. Now in my life, I believe that um, continuing to do things that make you uncomfortable is a good thing. And here's why. In order for you to reach your highest levels, the thought process is you have to get out of your comfort zone, which I agree with. Because if I had just stayed in my comfort zone, I wouldn't be podcasting. I wouldn't be doing a lot of things that I'm doing now. But I chose to get out of my comfort zone so that I could do bigger and better things. Now, if I choose to do this with my dreams and my goals and even with my work then why is it okay to stay in my comfort zone when it comes to my marriage like yeah it makes me uncomfortable to talk about things that are unpleasant or things I don't like to talk about but if I'm going to be successful in my marriage then I need to get out of my comfort zone and I need to talk about those things that may be uncomfortable I need to do those things that will maybe fuel my husband's love tank even if it makes me uncomfortable So, 
what is it in your marriage or what is it in your life that you need to get out of your comfort zone with when it comes to your your marriage or to your significant other? Maybe today is just the day that you should give a compliment to your spouse, even though it may make you feel uncomfortable. Or maybe you should be affectionate with your spouse, even though you may feel uncomfortable doing so. Now, I don't know what makes you feel uncomfortable in your relationship or marriage, but I do know that whatever it is that is making you feel uncomfortable to do in your marriage or relationship, today is the day to let that go and just do it. Now, I'm not talking to you when I say this. I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to myself as well because I just told you what makes me feel uncomfortable. So if I wanted to personalize it, I would say that I know that for me, today is the day that I stop running away from difficult conversations and I begin to have them. Today is the day that I listen more and try to understand how my husband is feeling instead of just shutting down because I'm feeling overwhelmed by all of the emotions. Now, today is the day that we all need to take steps to make our marriage and relationship better. Now, I am not going to just give you this big task without telling you some practical ways to make things better. And thanks to Dr. Gottman, I have some things that you can do to help your spouse turn toward you instead of turning away from you. So some of the things that you can do right now is to one, show genuine interest. Don't give unsolicited advice. Communicate your understanding. Take your partner's side. Express a we against other attitude and show affection and validate emotions. This is not everything that can be done to help your spouse turn toward you, but these are just some of the things that I think that we can start doing now to help our spouses turn toward us instead of away from us. Now, if you want more information on how to get your spouse to turn to you instead of away, I highly recommend the book, The Seven Principles of Making Marriage Work by Dr. John Gottman. Now, I'm not getting any profits off this book, I'm just saying it's a good read. And if you're like me and just want to be a better wife or if you want to be a better husband, then this is the way to do it. Just get this book, read this book, and see what you can do today to start strengthening your marriage and make it better. Now, the song that I'm going to share with you today is called When I'm in Your Arms. I picked this song because I feel this song truly, truly, truly embraces what it means to turn toward your spouse instead of away from your spouse. So I hope you enjoy it, and here's the song, When I'm in Your Arms. Frustrated and tired, had a bad day, such a bad day. My mind is thinking about today, nothing went my way. there for me, waiting there for me, as soon as I get home, you are there for me, waiting there for me, the clouds seem to go away, when I'm in your arms, when I'm in your arms, my Sounds crazy 
crazy, but that is what love does. It brings out the best of you. Together, there is nothing that we won't do. Just me and you. As soon as I get home, you are there for me. Waiting there for me. As soon as I get home, you are there for me. Waiting there for me. The cloud seems to go away when I'm in your arms. When I'm in your arms. My turn toward your spouse instead of running away. I just felt all of the love oozing through the song as I listened to the lyrics. I just love that. And so this is our goal this week. This song is what we want to have in our marriage. So this week, our goal is to do what we need to do and what we can do to help our spouse turn to us instead of running away. I have some exciting news to tell you guys. And the exciting news is, remember last week I said that um, we would try to get the songs available for purchase this week? And guess what? I did it. So, this week, I was busy, like I told you at the beginning of the podcast. But it was worth it. Because if you would love to purchase the song that we just heard, When I'm In Your Arms, or if you want to purchase the song we heard last week called Told You Before... All you have to do is go to the CD Baby store, and I'm going to put that link to the store in the show notes so you can just go and purchase the songs. I just want to give you guys such a big hug and say thank you so much for sharing this podcast with your friends and family. Season 2, Episode 1 had an amazing number of downloads, and I just want to say thank you guys so much from the bottom of my heart for listening and sharing music and vibes. I want to also encourage you to continue to leave positive reviews of the podcast on iTunes. Your reviews are helping so many people find us. And thank you so much if you have already left a review. Now, if you haven't left a review, it's okay. 
you know, you can still leave a review today. So I want to say thank you in advance for going to iTunes and leaving a review for the show. I truly appreciate it. I also would like to thank Anique Music for sponsoring the podcast. And if you would like to find out more about Anique Music, you can just go over to our website, musicandvibes.com, and check out Anique Music and what they're doing. Now, all the songs that you do hear on the podcast are copyrighted, and they're written by me, Kiana W. Mitchell. I am just so happy to have you guys listening and spend time with you, and I just can't wait to hear from you. So if you have anything you want to talk to me about or say, or if you have any questions about the books that I'm telling you, the book that I talked to you about today, or want to know where I got it from, just go straight to our Music and Vibes Facebook page, leave me a message, and I would be more than happy to talk to you to answer any questions you may have, or just connect with you. It would just be so amazing to hear from you. So, I think I've told you everything. If you have any questions, go to Music and Vibes Facebook page and leave me a message. But if that is all, I would just like to say I love you guys. Thank you so much for your support and for listening. And until we talk again, I want you to have an amazing week. And I'll talk to you again soon. Alright, bye-bye. And I'll see you next week. My love for you, it will never end. I ain't going away, nowhere, nowhere. Told you before, I'll never break your heart.